DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Booby Hobbs, the former Utah defensive back. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Booby, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming on with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So uh, you uh, were quoted extensively in Chris Camrani's uh, story uh, in The Athletic, and it was all about uh, Morgan Scally, your interactions with him, other players as well, and uh, talked about their interactions with him. And uh, I was intrigued by what you had to say because uh, you didn't exactly – Embrace the premise. You had a nuanced view of what you wanted to say, and some of it was positive and supportive, but some of it was negative, and there were some bad experiences mixed in there. So I'm curious if you can kind of share those with our audience. Well, I think that um, I think that, uh, like you said, it was good experience. It was bad experiences, but. Um, a lot of those bad experiences, uh, I wouldn't just say were just racial, you know, like um, he definitely wasn't the type of guy to walk in a room and say inward, 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 inward. No, nah, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't a racist like that. Maybe he was prejudiced um, in some ways, you know, maybe at a time uh, people of my color are Polynesian sometimes would feel uncomfortable around him because he might say something that's out of pocket and sometimes we don't know. But to say he's a, you know, like a racist guy, I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, and I don't say that, you know. So um, it's just a bittersweet topic, Um like you said, man, I'm more so on accountability. You just have to be accountable. You know, like what you said was wrong, just be accountable. I don't think no man should lose his job. A man have a family, you know, and things like that. Before as my personal experiences, I mean, it was just, you know, coach and player. You know, um, I don't feel no hate, definitely. Never, ever felt hate, never felt... Um, never disrespected any coaches um, my whole four years. So, like I said, we did, it was just, you know, a bittersweet thing. You know, we agreed to disagree a lot. You know, um, a couple things he said didn't sit well with me, and we've always had to talk about it. You know, and, and it was always a way we can get it resolved. But to say he's a racist and just come in a room and just – you know, to have such hate for, you know, African-American people. Nah, I wouldn't say he's that. This was a story that was 3,500 uh, 3, words, which that in journalism, that's a long story. And I bring this up because there's a lot of stuff in the story, and it was so well done. But the, you had a quote in it that I thought that might have been the most powerful, and it's a simple quote, and it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, and it just said simply, as far as Morgan, quote, doesn't know his own ignorance. And when really, when you think about it, 
that is a, a lot of the core that is out there in society, not just college football, mm-hmm. University of Utah. I mean, how do we know if I'm treating booby hobs right or wrong well if i don't know it how do i know how to correct it i mean i that, that statement but you made i thought was so powerful doesn't know his own ignorance because if we knew our ignorance we can improve upon it how do you think that just generally speaking in these situations because this is a lot uh, goes on a lot in sports where you have a person who's an authority figure trying to interact and teach and coach a lot of group of folks that are of a different race and so how can we as a society do you think or in a college football overcome our own ignorance to be able to treat guys like you who come up from louisiana to salt lake city better the way they should be right well i think it's more so on the will to want to be a better person i mean see me and scally had so many personal talks which is why I guess I was so voiceless. We had so many personal talks, and there would be times, you know, when I coached, this didn't sit well with me. You know, not saying, hey, you're racist, but this just didn't sit well with me. And me coming from where I come from, uh, I didn't grow up around a lot of, you know, you know, like white people, Caucasian. I didn't grow up around it, so when I got to college, it was a new world. So if it were things that I needed to learn, like I was learning about LDS and I was for the first time being around Polynesians. So what I had to learn was their culture. What I had to learn was to be more transparent. And I knew that because I was growing up into a young man. So for a young man to talk to his coach, hey coach, certain things don't sit well with me. You know that. And it will be time after time. Not saying it was blatant, not saying that it was, you know, uh, spiteful, but where were your growth? Where did I see you grow at when it came down to being a better person towards people like me? And I think that's where it was, you know, a lot of people like me, and not just because I'm uh, black, just people like me with my attitude, with my, with my, with my demeanor. You know, it's you, I'm still a player you're still my coach and you have to find out what's going on with me as a player. You, you know, I'm, I'm your player, you know, and I was at times, you know, it would get rocky. Like, Hey, you know, uh, we just, you know, don't see eye to eye, you know, but far as it, like I said, in the beginning, as far as it being blatantly racial, it never was it, you know, it'd be sometimes he don't know he offended, you know, and I would tell him I was offended by that. You know, and he may come off, he may be in coach's mode and come off and be like, you know what, you're softer, you're, you're emotional, you got to get over it, you got to take constructive criticism, you know, and with me that would never was the case, I mean, I come from a predominantly black school where we had black coaches telling us all kind of ignorant stuff, I mean, we come from a very urban area, you know, so as far as constructive criticism, it never made me feel uncomfortable. Although, when I didn't know if it was racial or prejudice or, you know, because I'm, I'm a young kid, I did take offense. I, we come from two different worlds. I've always told Scally that ever since I've got to Utah. Coach, we come from two different worlds. Your judgment, your judgment hurt worse because you don't know where I come from. 
you know, so it's like, please understand me before you make judgment, you know. So that's yeah, just, I got you. You know, what it was. Booby Hobbs joining us, former Utah defensive back. He is quoted extensively in Chris Kimrani's story uh, in The Athletic. Uh, one thing that you hit on several times was about second chances. Where's the second chance? Where's the forgiveness? Did you feel like second chances and forgiveness was doled out evenly? Um, as far as Scali's sake or my sake? I, I both. I was thinking. Uh, although, actually, I was thinking more to the pro, in the program because Morgan, as a defensive coordinator, has a big say in what's going on in the program. Is it doled out in the program specifically with Morgan, but generally in the program to players, whether they're you know, regardless of their race or their religion or uh, what class they're in, you know, freshman or senior or whatever? Did you feel mm-hmm. that was fair? Because what I kind of thought that you, going through it, that you didn't think that it was handled fairly, but you didn't say that specifically. So I was curious if I was reading that right. Um, so uh, I don't want to see a man lose his job, and I don't want to see Scally lose his I mean, after reading that article, you know, and seeing, like, that was my coach, you know, I don't want to see nothing bad happen to him, no matter how angry I, I may feel towards him at times. I don't want to see that happen. Now, I'm a, I'm a very forgiving person, and Utah is my home, you know. Um, I was granted a second chance. Mind you, my second chance was very painful, very stressful, and I brought it amongst myself. And I knew that, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm not going to get into that. But I was awarded a second chance. And I was grateful of that second chance. I didn't know I was going to get a second chance. And that's why I was always saying accountability, accountability. Because Scotty told me when, hey, whenever I messed up, I had to be accountable. I couldn't make an excuse. I try my best not to make an excuse. Whether that's, hey, you know, coach, I didn't have enough sense of urgency today. I was late. I didn't have enough. You know, instead of coach, I was late, man. My alarm clock didn't go off. It's just all about accountability now. It was something that you said that was that, that, that got the public's eye, Coach Scally, now. Just be accountable. No, I don't want to say, coach, you're just a racist. Hey, you hated me. No, I know guys that hated you. No, I'm not going to do that. But just be accountable. And I feel that he will get a second chance. I feel that a second chance is, you know, reasonable. Like, you know, at this time with the whole George Floyd thing going on, you've got a lot of angry black people, you know, that are just angry. So as as of this time, you know, for, for, for you to be in the media for that specific reason, you just have to be accountable. You know, just be accountable. Hey, you made a mistake. We all know. We all know you didn't mean it because uh, obviously it's not something that you would just put on Twitter. You know, so we all know you didn't mean it. You know, you know uh, my biggest question in this whole thing was who was um, who was even receiving the racial slurs? You know, who was. Who you know, like if, if if it was a 
a mistake that happened? Who was you mistakenly sending a racial slur to? You know, because it was tons of black people on the team at Utah. You know, which is why I say, hey, man, just be accountable. Because you got angry black people that, that, that can't take it that way. But just be accountable for your actions. And a second chance, you know, will be awarded. And I think he deserves a second chance. He's the best football mind I've ever been around. He's the best coach as far as teaching me the game I've ever been around. You know, high school, college, NFL, CFL, AFL, XFL. He was the only coach who simplified the game to the point where it was easy. So I don't want to see his career diminished. You know, but as of now, just be accountable. There's a lot of black, angry people, you know, and not trying to give us, you know, hey, it's all about us. But, you know, just at the, it's, a, it's a sensitive moment. Had I came out and said, something that didn't fit well with the Mormon society, I will feel deeply in sorrow and I will accept that because you know what? I messed up and I see that. Let me grow. Give me a second chance. It's possible and it will happen. It's not the end of the world. You know? Yeah, well said. Appreciate that. One of the things that I enjoyed watching you play, one of the reasons why I enjoyed watching you play is that when you'd make a play or your team would make a play, you were very emotional and demonstrative mm-hmm. out on the field. And you'd express yourself that way through your jubilance of emotion when things went well. And it was always fun to see a young man be excited about how he played and how his team played. And I enjoyed that stuff. Do you believe that college players, whether it be at Utah or wherever, uh, are allowed to th- express themselves if it's a little bit different than what maybe some folks are used to. Um, see that 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 was a bit of a problem, but I think that's what I think that's what growing as a coach means. You know, um, Scally asked me plenty of times my four years there, uh, what could I do as a coach? What could I? And mine was always the same every time he asked me, hey, coach, understand where we come from, understand us. Coach, I'm a 17-year-old kid. I would dive through a brick wall if you told me to. But I'm not going to dive in a brick wall if I think you don't respect me as a black man or respect my culture or where I come from. I won't do it. And I think that's where we were at. You know, uh, I come on the field, I'm dancing. Yeah. You know, everything I did for me was to get me into the game. I was already coming into football with with a downfall. I was undersized. And and being in high school, I didn't know that I was really undersized. When I got to college, they were like, you're undersized. Scally let me know that a lot. So I found other things to kind of get me in tune. I found other ways to try to get in my opponent's head. And it was like, Scally was like, you know, that's not my football. That's not what I'm, but it's like, cool, this is what I come from, this me, you know, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Hey, I'm not trying to say I'm doing it my way. Never, ever in my career was a me guy. Even when I wanted to be, I couldn't be a me guy. I just don't sit well with me, you know, but that would be my only thing with Scally. Coach, we come from two different, I play the game different. You know, uh, or I play the game with this swagger. Uh, uh, I feel like this way. I want to listen to this music. I don't think no one 
should be judged off of how they interpret the game, how they approach the game. I don't care if a, if a, if a Polynesian player wants to play reggae, if a white player wants to play country, hey, that's everyone's choice. You know, I would never say, if I'm a coach, I would never say to a player, hey, you know, stop dancing or stop that. You know, if it gets you into the game, you know, be yourself. You know, uh, always want to be yourself. I mean, there was times where, you know, we had, me and Scally personally had way more laughs than bad. You know, I would say the laughs outweigh the bad. You know, um, before as players just expressing them and expressing their culture, I think that was learned at Utah by them being in the Pac-12. They were getting so, such talent each year, such good talent each year, that, hey, now you're getting a lot of good players that come from these rural areas. You're getting a lot of good players that didn't grow up around diversity. You know, and a lot of my players know I would always say, man, I never really played with white people on my team growing up in the area I did. So when I got to do it, it was so movie-ish. It was so like, man, I like, I don't see what the world, why is the world like this, you know? But that was me having to learn everybody's side. I had to learn, you know, I just had to learn. Uh, if, it, if I felt the way with my Polynesian players, hey man, I'm gonna take some time out of football to come and learn you guys' culture. You know, I even got a, uh, a piece of um, tribal tatted on me just because I've learned their culture and because I was so willing to learn. You know, I had great experiences with my um, white teammates that I did things I never thought I would do, and I loved it, you know. So, you know, it's just that learning everybody's culture, learning everybody's background, and really wanting to improve as a coach. Booby Hobbs joining us, former Utah defensive back. Uh, you mentioned you read the article, and I think whenever you do this, and I haven't talked to Chris about this yet, but whenever you do this, you're trying to make sure you can't talk to everybody. And as PK said, 3,500 words, that's a lot of words. This is a long story. And you're trying to make sure you represent a lot of different perspectives inside the programs. Since you inside the program, since you lived inside the program and you know a lot of guys, do you think the story got a lot of the different perspectives that you know existed inside the team? Um, I think it touched on topics that needed to be touched. Because, um, I mean, like you said, I mean, I was with Scally four years, so when I heard it, I just wanted to let it process to you. You know, and, um, you got to draw the line between you know, coaching and disrespecting a player. You know, like you got to draw the, like, hey, coach, you want me to be competitive? You're going to say things that's going to get me. That's great. But as a coach, you got to draw the line between knowing what to say, how to say it, and who to say it to, because that matters. Now, we got a lot of players who were, coming from diverse areas so they can understand what you're saying better. Scally, they, they, they can be numb to it. But for a person like me to not, to not see a person like you in my neighborhood, when I, whatever I'm expecting to hear from you, I'm all ears because I, you can come from where I'm from. Maybe you see the world different. Maybe you can, you know, so and for you to 
say or coach the way you coach, it just you know alter it a little bit, you know. Um, as far as the story, the story, I felt like the story touched every base that needed to be touched. Everybody is going to have their own personal experiences. Um, I think a part of it were 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 um, just a little bit overboard, you know, because he's not just a bad guy, but you know, it touched on things that needed to be touched on at this time. I believe that. Well, Booby, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts uh, on the story. You know, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. Booby Hobbs, former Utah defensive back, joining DJ and PK right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Chris Camerani wrote the story. He writes for The Athletic. He's going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Chris Kimrani, The Athletic. Everybody said that they never heard Morgan use blatant racially charged language. But as we know, some people who are of color or who look different might feel differently because of the way they look. And they might feel that they're treated differently because of the way they look. And some of the guys that I talked to this weekend said they felt that for Morgan over the years and other guys didn't. So it's an interesting position that we're all in because it seems about 50-50 down the line with guys that were shocked and stunned that this came out, but there were some other people that weren't. So, like I said before, our job is to do our best to tell both sides of this fairly and accurately, and um, we will see what happens with the University of Utah when their investigation is finalized. That's going to be a crucial part of this whole thing. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. PK, reading the story in The Athletic by Chris Kimrani, who's going to join us coming up here in about a half an hour, I thought that Booby Hobbs gave some of the more nuanced answers, uh, willing to support uh, Morgan Scally keeping his job definitively without reservation, but also willing to talk about where he had conflict with Morgan and where the conflict could be, I don't know, uh, fixed, improved, I guess, lessen the conflict, uh, but where he thought that, you know, some of it still rested on Morgan and, and there were issues he had with Morgan, although he also said there were way more laughs and good times than bad, but some of the bad times he still doesn't feel like were understood. Uh, true. Well said. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate Booby Hobbs coming on. You know, I'd interviewed him many times. He's an emotional player. He was undersized. It's funny, he didn't realize he was undersized until he got to Utah, but he's a smaller kid, and he did play with a lot of emotion. And the thing that I took from that is that about the, you know, he doesn't understand his own ignorance. Well, I'm not going to just dump on Morgan Scally because you can put my name in there. You can put Kinahan, quote, doesn't understand his own ignorance because how do you understand it? I was going to say, by, of it. by definition, <laughs> if you're ignorant, you don't understand it. Right. Um, so it's I almost like you can't hold them accountable for it. Uh, but you need to be held accountable for it. Yes. Because and that's the, why. I, uh, the, go ahead. The poor behavior that comes out of the ignorance is causing conflict that can be resolved if sure. you can come to understand your ignorance. So, but I think that's where he was making the nuanced take is that, yes, it's wrong. And, and, and this is in Booby's opinion, right? In Booby's opinion, mm-hmm. It's wrong. There is ignorance. Morgan needs to be accountable for it. But then Booby also drew the, drew the line 
both with Chris Camerani and with us, that being held accountable for it doesn't mean being fired. But no, not keeping, but keeping your job doesn't mean not being held accountable for it. Don't blur the accountability and the, the firing or the not firing. And, uh, you know, that's a nuance a lot of people aren't willing to accept. You know, there's, I think there's a plenty of people yeah. listening to us think, well, if he said it, he needs to go. I think that's a fairly well, common I mean, take. He texted it. He texted right. it. Right. He texted it. You're right. And I, and I think it. that, you know, Booby's given a nuanced take about what he liked, what he didn't like, what he did wrong, what he, what he thinks Morgan doesn't see, and what should happen with Morgan down the line. See, I think that in almost every circumstance, whatever the situation would be, not all of them, but in many of them, that you can develop a positive out of this. And to me... This is a nice reset, and it's not, it's not necessarily – we're dealing with the University of Utah football program right now, and we're dealing with Morgan Scally. We understand that. But it's a reset for everybody. It's a reset for me. It's, it's a reset for every football program. It's a reset for every basketball program, man, woman. It doesn't matter. And go ahead. You bring in Hobbs. I think it's a Louisiana kid. You bring him up here. Emotional fellow, right? He liked to color his hair. And he had tats, and he just looked different than the average person walking around the streets of Salt Lake City. Doesn't mean he's wrong. He just looks different. As we had Guy Holiday said last week, it's not about right or wrong. It's, it's different, all right? So now what we do, we take this situation, we take this interview, and if I were uh, Mark Hartland, I'd take this interview and play it among the coaching staff and the support staff. And he, he said that... You know, I if I said something against the Mormon culture, I'm sorry. Give me a chance to learn. Let me be better. He just didn't say it was white versus black. He put himself in there because he said, and I and I had so many of these kids. Kenneth Scott used to say it too. I, I was never around white people. I was just around Mexicans and blacks where I grew up in Southern California. And so then you put them in this environment, and they've got to learn. And you put Morgan Scala, we just use him as an example. Couldn't be coach anybody, USA. Put them in this situation to where he has to learn about these people here and your recruits that you bring in, whether it's from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, California. It doesn't matter. They all. Everybody has a story. Everybody comes from a different background. Even you took take two white people, they're going to come from a different background to an extent, and they've got their own stuff, so to speak, that they bring to the table. And you you need to learn how to react to them. You need to learn how to deal with them. What is the best on how to treat Bob? What the best of Bill or Tyrone, whoever it may be? How do I get to them? How do I get to understand them? So for me here. I feel stronger than ever to, to keep Morgan Scally on, and I'm biased. I want him to keep on Stan's job, no question about it. But you can use this situation, rather than heads got a roll, you can use this situation as a massive learning experience for everyone when, and hopefully it's when, not if, Morgan takes the field again. He is going to be such a better man. And by a lot of accounts, he already is a great man. We had Eric Rowe say yesterday, 
he hadn't been around a finer man. Booby Hobbs just said he hadn't been around a finer coach, right? So he brings a ton of great to already to the table. Now his eyes are open more. My eyes need to be open. Everybody's eyes need to be open. And then he can bring these experiences. It's a tough learning experience because he has to be played out in public and his character is impugned and he doesn't mean to do this. But nevertheless, this happened and it was wrong. So you can learn from it. And when he takes the field again, he's going to be so much better for it, as are every single coach and coaching staff, not only here at Utah, BYU, Weber, Utah State, because they all know who Morgan is, and they're going to be aware of it. And I guarantee you, Jay Hill's staff, Gary Anderson's staff, they're seeing all this. They're listening to this stuff. How are they going to be better? Whether you're a black coach relating to a Polynesian, a Polynesian coach relating to an African-American, a Caucasian, it doesn't matter. You're all going to be in the same situation and you can get better from it that's what i really hope that happens is that take the good because there can be so much good going forward from this i think that's all possible i mean it's certainly possible but i guess uh the cynic in me wonders to what degree it's going to be true I think it's probable, not just possible. Really? You don't think Morgan? You don't think Morgan, if he can stay in his job when he takes the whether it's the locker room no, or okay. the film no. room, he's going to be a better person because of this. That's not the part I was referring to. Okay, go uh, you're, ahead. You're right on that part. Uh, probable. Um, you know Morgan better than I do, but I've covered Morgan since he was in high school. He didn't really think I remembered that, and I told him about one specific play, and he couldn't believe I remembered that. Uh, so I've known him for a long time, and I think he has got a feeling in the pit of his stomach that it's not going away, and it's not going to go away for a long time. Uh, so yes, I think it's probable that this uh, has Morgan thinking about a lot of things. Probably a lot of interactions you and I don't know about because, as he once said, we weren't at the building at 530 in the morning. Yeah, for sure. So that is probable. But when yes. you widened it out across all of sports, that is possible because it's not just, hey, what's going on on uh, you know the Weber State staff, the BYU staff, the Utah State staff. Morgan knows people on all those staffs. That, that's obvious, right? The, there's been too much of an influence from Kyle and his coaching tree. And so I can see it being taken there. Can you widen it out? You know, is this, is what's happening here registering across the Pac-12? It's what's happening in Iowa uh, registering across the, uh, the Big Ten. Uh, Clemson in the headlines, is that registering across the ACC? You know, I hope it will, and I, and I do think... And man, it's maybe it's part of being in. I I don't know if the media creates the cynical or if I've got the cynical and it draws me to the media. I don't know which you know uh, chicken and the egg there. Say which uh-huh. chicken yeah, and the right? egg first. So, but we've been in this moment before, or we've been in a moment similar to this. And I think this moment's different because the video was so stark, you know. And it's uh, but but if you're old enough, you remember riots protests, discussion, but then what does it lead to? And depending on how old you are, you remember that cycle for five years or for 10 years or for 20 years or for 30 years. Just depending, you and I remember longer than Yach because he's younger, you know? So when you, the more you widen out, the more I think, yeah, maybe, but uh, I think I've been down this road before. When you narrow it down, will it have an impact on Morgan? Yes, yes. Uh, will it have an impact inside the staff? That's a little wider, but yeah, it'll have an impact inside the staff. You know, those guys know each other really well. It'll have a massive impact. Right, I agree. I agree. You know, and and Sharif Shah basically tweeted out that he really couldn't tweet much. 
You know, I'm sure he's getting a lot of people reaching out. Because he's involved in it. Yes, right, of I course. know. So, he can't say, so, but he's known Morgan for a long time. He's going to have an impact. But the wider you go, okay, you go to these other staffs, I can see that. Because, again, there's, uh, you know, there's a relationship with Morgan. There have been interactions and all that. You know, but we need it to go wider. But the wider you make it go, the more I see the probability turn into possibility. Ooh. Well, two things. And maybe I'm being too cynical. I get that. But we've... We've seen stuff. We've seen the protests in reaction to whatever the story, police brutality, whatever the story was. We've seen the protests, but then it doesn't seem like it really translates. And we're back in the moment again a few okay. years later. Okay. Uh, I appreciate your cynicism and I appreciate your comments. I appreciate you willing to, to, to say it and acknowledge it. There's a couple of things that I want to say in, in terms of the coaching situation that you can relate because you're going bigger picture you're going beyond coaching and that's what i was saying i can tweet all i want i stand against all racism and i'm an anti-racist and that sounds good but i live on the east side and my interactions with minorities are very very few so all you do is stand with them i want you to do something i don't want you to stand i want you to do and you don't have that much interaction. You have maybe a, a, a few of them, and then you watch them on television, and that's it. And so then you see the bad. Well, sure, I'm against it. Well, go ahead and do something. Go down and see what you can do to the NAACP. Donate money. Go to the schools. Maybe consider foster. Get at the ground level. I talked to you about Salt Lake Community is at the ground level, mm-hmm. the community college, because it's helping people who are at the ground level, and that's what it's about. Now, that's over here. This coaching situation, see, they're not. They may live high on the east side, but they're going to work every single day with a large portion of minorities. And you go Utah, they love to tell you that 33% of the team is Caucasian, 33% is Polynesian, and then the other, obviously, African American. And they're very, very proud of that. So that means you, as a coach, are going to have a ton of interaction. And just assume for a second here, for argument's sake, you're a white coach. Well, you're going to have two-thirds of your reaction, or interaction, I should say, is going to be with people who don't look like you and probably aren't your neighbors. That's the reality of it because this is still, to a large degree, a segregated living society. One group lives over here largely, another group lives over there, so forth and so on. And if you don't think that, I think you're up in the night. But nevertheless, that's where I think you can have a major impact on the coaching because you're with these people, whoever they may be, Polynesians, uh, whatever, every single day. And you get to know them. And when you get to know them, you most likely get to love them. Right. I mean, I love working with you guys and I'm concerned about both of you as I am all the guys on our station because I'm there with you all the time and I'm there with you literally every single day and I care about you. And you could you you both you happen to be Caucasian could be anything and I would be caring about you and your family. That's the way it is. So these guys go back. You of you coaches go back. They have a much more heightened awareness. I have got to understand fill-in-the-blank cornerback. I have got to understand fill-in-the-blank defensive end. And that's where I think so much good can come from this. Now, the greater pitcher in the world, yeah, I stand with racism, or I must stand against racism, but yet I live my own life here. Unless, if all I'm doing is standing, and I got, I'm just standing. I'm in the way. No, go do something. These football coaches, they're going to do something. 
they're going to have a better understanding. Morgan is going to be such, and he's already a great person by these, by Eric Rose and Hobbs and these other guys' acknowledgments. Now he's going to come back. He's going to be better than ever. The best of Morgan Scally is yet to come. I can see all that. Back on the bigger picture about go do something. I'm with you on that. Um, You know, I personally felt that, but I've also been personally challenged here in the last couple of weeks that that's not enough. And uh, this is a thought. It's a work in progress in my mind, but I'm thinking three-legged stool here. One, what you say about personal interaction. You need to know people who don't look like you. Uh, and largely, we don't live by them. Largely, we don't work with them. Whatever they look like, if they don't look like us, we probably don't live and work with them. Not in any real numbers. Maybe occasionally, but not in real numbers. Um, and, and college sports would be an exception to that. You're right. So one, there's a personal interaction. Two, there's do something. But three, and this is a real blind spot, uh, probably for me, probably for a lot of people, is when you hear systemic racism, right? We've heard that, systemic racism. Well, what is the system? I mean, if I had to get up and, you know, do a 15 or 20-minute talk at a, in a church or do a 45-minute or hour lecture in a, in a high school or classroom, could I really paint what the system is and explain it to people? No, I couldn't. And that's why I've been challenged to watch this movie that I told you about earlier in the show, 13th. And that's why I've been told to read this book, The New Jim Crow. And I haven't watched the movie yet, and I'm barely into the book. Uh, but I think if we don't understand the system, then we're not going to um, we're not going to be able to change it, eradicate it, whatever needs to be done. And then that's why I'm saying we're going to be back in this same spot again in society because the personal action is important and treating the symptoms is important. But if you don't get to the cause, and I don't think the other two th- things that we're recommending people do really do address the cause. But I'm not sure I can even define it. I've just, it's, um, I had someone compare it to astronomy. It's like the black hole. How do you know the black hole is there? You can't see it. You can see the stars. You can't see the black hole. But it's there, and it's got this powerful gravitational pull. So you always say, you know, uh, <clears throat> I want to learn more. So I think I need to watch the movie, read the book, and then see where it needs to go from there. All right, DJ and PK, Chris Camerani coming up. Youth writer for The Athletic. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We spoke to Booby Hobbs earlier this morning, just talked about his conversation. Uh, if you missed it, it's up at 1280thezone.com. Yak is nodding. Already done, Yak? Already done. Uh, Chris Camrani is coming up. Uh, there's a little bit of basketball news to pass along today. It's, uh, it's pretty quiet right now, but the Spurs are going to be without LaMarcus Aldridge when they head to Orlando when the season starts. 22 teams headed there. The Jazz are scheduled to play the Spurs twice in eight games, and Aldridge had surgery. Had surgery in April. Hurt his shoulder in February against the Jazz. Surgery in April. So he won't be there. So I know Jazz fans are down because no Bogdanovich, but they're going to play two games against the Spurs who aren't going to have Aldridge. So as often happens, these have a way. These things have a way of evening out, PK. An opportunity for the Jazz to pick up a couple games, and obviously the seeding, 
the matchups in the playoffs all be hanging in the balance because there's very little separation three through six. Uh, Kyle Winningham is known to say nobody cares about your injuries, and that's the reality. The games are going to be played with or without whomever. So that's the way it goes. Yeah, the Jazz are going to have to find a way to win ball games, and I'm excited for that opportunity because just the fact that they're playing is enough to give me excitement, but uh, they're going up against the odds a little bit, and uh, the old Jerry Sloan, see what you're made of type thing, you know, who's going to be able to pick up the pieces and pick up the slack, and that's why I think that this, this has an opportunity to help them uh, to be a little bit more diversified. Guys, other guys are going to have chances, guys who have shown in flashes, particularly somebody like a Mike Conley who didn't have the consistency that he wanted, but the season's not over. His Jazz career is not over by any stretch, and so he has that opportunity now to pick up the slack, and they know that they have to. It's going to be incumbent upon everybody individually to pick up the slack, uh, whoever those players might be, you know, the, across the board, really. You could even say Rudy. You know, Rudy's not a traditional scorer in that way, but if he can score more, that can pick up the slack. And you have to rally around these situations, and I'm excited to see how they're going to do. I haven't given up hope. I don't think that it's hopeless just because Bogdanovich is not going to be there. I actually think there's enough talent for them to overcome it and reach whatever they were going to be able to reach with Bogdanovich. And that probably isn't the title with or without Bogdanovich, but I still believe that they have the possibility of achieving what they could have achieved with Bogdanovich, they could achieve without Bogdanovich. Well, certainly he's out. We know that with Bogdanovich out, and now we know LaMarcus Aldridge is out. But I think this is just the beginning. If we're going to read the injury report going forward, I would expect after three months off, we're going to see more injuries. And you can well, that's say new injuries in your mind, though. Right? Yes, I agree. That's what yeah. I was going to get to. I said, you know, you can say that a guy has a soft tissue injury. You know, he, three months off, and he comes back and he pulls a hamstring, a quad, whatever. Now, certainly there'll be guys who will be getting healthy. The Rockets had injuries. The Rockets look like a tired team. They've had a lot of time off. But who's to say they don't come back if someone has that issue? And whether it's a, uh, you know, a, a knee strain, a hamstring pull, a, a sprained ankle, you can say those aren't major injuries. But the playoff seating is going to be decided in eight games over 16 days. So you sprain an ankle, you hurt for two weeks. That's the whole deal. So all this stuff is going to happen, and it's going to even. But then you're going to be in the playoffs anyway. And how are you going to perform then? We know these things are coming. They always come, and they may be a little different this time, but they're coming. The injury situation. How is it potentially any different from the start of a season where they've had a bunch of time off? I, I don't know that I necessarily see that. I guess it depends on what this uh, preseason and camp look like. And it may not be. I mean, it may be a lot of talk and, and not many injuries. Well, you're going to have them, but my point is that they'll be normal. If they have a normal camp leading in and that month to get ready. But the thing is, the guys usually play for a month on their own pickup games before they play for a month in camp. And I just I don't think we're seeing that. I mean, we're inside of the two months already, and they're not playing five-on-five five yet, unless they're doing it quietly and they're not telling us. Well, I think uh, Joe was saying, though, it has allowed him to get stronger mm-hmm. because of the fact that he's not doing as much cardio. He's not running constantly like they do every day in practice and then in the games where you're running and you're, you're exerting so much energy. It's allowed him to get stronger. So, in a sense, in that way, they could come back better in that way. Now... You know, each body is different, obviously, and a turn of an ankle, 
I just don't think that no, it's because you're sat around nope. or you played every day. No, it's that's a, the randomness of landing on somebody's foot. You know, you're driving right. through the lane or whatever. Right, right. So I, I expect that. I don't know that we'll see a plethora. Maybe I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm not a medical person, so I don't have any qualification to say it. But I'm wondering if it would just be the same as the start of whenever you took time off from and you can play pickup ball and whatnot, but that's still not the same as playing legitimate NBA competition, no matter what. And so would it be the same injury concern when you start the season in October? And I don't know that we necessarily had a rash of injuries, but now these guys know and they've known for several weeks, basically, when the thing is going to start up. So it's on them to be in shape and... You know, I don't want to hear uh, Rudy Gobert call somebody a fat ass. <laughs> Old school right there. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of Carl Malone. Right. The uniqueness, one of a kind, yep. never before, never during, yep. and never after of a man named Carl Malone, that's for sure. When's the next time the Jazz will have a player who's all interview team for more than a decade? Call Malone, yeah, to the level that Malone <laughs> oh, yeah. was. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was, he was something, man. I mean, besides just being a great player, what did he call himself? The the country redneck from mm-hmm. Louisiana, and and all that he brought. That's what I'm talking about here. That he brought that to Utah, and he was embraced. And Jerry Sloan obviously embraced. And that's a different situation with basketball because there are fewer guys. Plus, they're way older, and they've got the maturity. I mean, you talk about Booby Hobbs talked about how he was 17, 18 years old, and you're taking him out of his environment and putting him in this environment. It's like putting him on another planet, basically. Well, by the time you get to the NBA, and to a large degree, particularly then when guys didn't come out after one year, uh, there, there, I think there's a massive difference between 18 and 22. And so you're coming into a situation and you're getting paid and you understand it's a job. And so you're able to handle it more. And But still, it's an adjustment. And that's why I think this situation here from Utah, I still believe so much good can come from this. I believe every single staff member at the University of Utah, from Kyle down to the last person, whoever that might be, when they reconvene because of what happened here seven years ago and having it come to light now, they're going to be so much better for it. The U of U program is going to be so much more advanced culturally than it ever has been. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Chris Camerani, Utes writer for The Athletic, coming up next.